Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And I'm Rick Schuler. <laughs> and this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. My germs. <laughs> there we go. 246 69 105 5 million 127 12 15 negative 4 25,000 14 3 75 yeah, 75 I caught on to the pattern mine is um yeah I don't know what Dan's doing the ghost are you the ghost uh it's actually it's not apropos of scary movie I've been just oh, okay. like I did one as Dracula I did one like like ooh as a ghost and now I'm doing one as just kind of like whatever that was for Halloween because <laughs> it's scary movie month and it's scary scurry <laughs> it's scurry um and speaking of which today on our show clocking in at 83 minutes we are talking about 2001's scary movie 2 directed by keenan ivory wayans continuing scary movie month here on 90 under 90 we're in week two though as we have uh teased before we have uh recorded a little out of sequence here um and boy, this one was an experience, uh, <laughs> a multiple layered experience um, of experience, <laughs> a little so, so to speak. Rick, yes. did you love it? Oh, I loved it. No, I texted Jerry today. I said I watched it, unfortunately, last night, uh, and it was so much fucking worse than I remembered. Oh, no. <laughs> I was not a fan. I'm so steeped in scary movie. Plus, I actually do have a soft spot because it's the like the first one of the first movies I snuck into, like in like naughty movies at Bremen. But uh, also, I ha- I'm in scary movie mode, so I'm like I'm comparing it just to scary movies. I'm just like it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the parodies they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can get into all that, but the parodies they're doing are better than the movie itself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you'd say maybe the parts are better than the sum. Yeah. A lot of the writing and gags, I just. It's felt kind real of, dated. It's like a it's, chopped up mess, it feels like. It like, really. I never noticed that as, uh, like, when we first saw it 20 years ago or so. But, uh,. Yeah, like it that especially in the third act, it kind of feels like what? Where? How did we get what? 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 <laughs> Weren't you just like tied up? Like what happened? Like you're down here now? Like it's fine? And I didn't remember that they don't, they do not commit to killing anybody off. I almost wish they would and wouldn't have it that everyone just survives in the end. Right, like Brenda, she got stabbed. We, you know, we just talked about last week. Brenda, she got stabbed in the theater by all the patrons because she was being too noisy, and now she's just she's just hanging out. Yeah, yep. <laughs> no big. Shorty got shot. He's fine. He's chilling again. Shorty got shot. And as I said, like they're seem to be totally cool with Ray and everything that he did in the first movie. It doesn't yeah. matter to them. He was a murderer. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure he murdered Shannon Elizabeth. Um, so yeah, I, I, did you, I saw this at Bremen at our, our cheap $5 theater that like just week before, a week before dollars. just, uh, I remember they would when that shit it. was $2 and 50 cents to get oh, into man. Bremen. That's how cheap that shit was. Five dollars. <laughs> the seats had garbage bags over them. If you're being nice, you know, with your friend, you're paying for your friend. It was but, a great date when you're in like seventh grade through freshman year of high school and you can't really afford to do anything. 
Come on, just touch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took you to Bremen. Come on, just touch it. Come on, it cost me a whole six dollars. <laughs> there was always when you throw in the popcorn. I, I'm almost in ten dollars. Not to digress too much. We'll get into it right now. But the mall that it was in, it felt like it was frozen in time because it was. The marquee outside of Bremen Theater had the Adams Family Values poster. Yeah, I just remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't change that. And it was connected to like a Walgreens, which was a perfect combo. And yeah. a creepy survey center. Okay. <laughs> So, Scary Movie 2. Uh, it opens with like a drawn-out, I'll say, Exorcist parody. What do you guys think of this whole thing? I, I will say I enjoy this cold opening more than the original cold opening, because the original one is just directly, you know, the opening of Scream. And this one was like, I didn't know, like, you know, the first one is very obvious that it's Scream just from the marketing. You know they're going to be doing a parody of Scream because of the iconic mask and everything. Uh, this one, going into this, I didn't really know, because I'm not a big horror guy, I didn't know what it was originally, like, what they were doing a parody of. But I recognized The Exorcist at first, so I, I, I liked this because I also thought that this was going to be more of a uh, uh, a salad bowl of, of scary movie uh titles that they were going to do which is what the later movies kind of became a little bit more where they covered a slightly more titles sure um but yeah this was uh I, I liked the cold opening to this one i do agree dan i think it's too long there are great moments in it it's just drawn out and then there's duds that they just could have left on the cutting room floor most yeah. a lot of james wood shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah all james woods <laughs> i mean you know, we didn't know he was a piece of shit then but right we're like oh cool james woods this is like he actually classes this up and now james Woods shows up like oh <laughs> well you gotta <laughs> remember this is 2001 james woods so this is like yeah. I, I i'm was he even on family guy at this point like family guy kind of Probably made him on the look, crest yeah. yeah if he had i think he had he, just done hercules recently yeah, he had just done Hercules. That was like 97. But like the people yeah. are like starting to view James Woods as a comedic uh, figure now, where pe- whereas before they hadn't really viewed him that way. Right. Yeah. So he's he's, you know, really flexing his comedy muscles here as uh, he's doing the the parody of the priest in uh, Exorcist. And uh, well, it starts off in the house. And it's Jared told me he had to remind me that it starts off in Hell House, which is the setting of this movie. Like. It's so kind of disjointed oh, to me. Wow! Right? See it? Completely. <laughs> exactly. Right? Wow! They do not establish that well. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the front end, the cold open was completely disconnected from the rest of the movie. I didn't know it was related. It's the only thread now, and it's like in retrospect, you're like, uh, uh and it's so. There's, they're doing, they're having a party. It's like a nice dinner party. It's some, some white people around a piano. Andy Richter's there in a nice <laughs> wig, <laughs> black, jet black hair, and uh, they're playing some, some, some hits such as uh, "Well Shake Your Ass" by Mystical. Did I say that like a white guy or is it Mystical? <laughs> Dan, shake your ass. Shake I think your it, ass. I think you mispronounced it. It's actually called "Shake It Fast." Oh, I'm uh, yeah, right. Um, well, Jer, what music store <laughs> you shop at? at? Radio Disney. That yeah, a lot of uh, Radio Disney. Man, can you? I had to get M and M's, Marshall Mathers. My dad made me get the edited version when I was a kid. Like, what's the point? <laughs> Why am I? It was so. It was so weird that like our dad of all people did for a long <laughs> time take a stance shit, against usually. like R-rated stuff for for like way longer than we thought he should have, and even our own mother thought he should have. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so they're all gathering on the piano. They're singing some some mystical, and uh, James Wood shows up. And you hear that iconic score, that extras, and that shot where the taxi pulls up. But before that, you get to see Natasha Lyonne from from Russian Doll uh, for the kids, I guess. Uh, Orange is new black, sure. Yeah. She shows up as the daughter, and uh, she crashes the party. She walks in on them, and she just says, you suck. It's not even like a real joke. And then she just starts pissing on the carpet. <laughs> just an infinite stream of piss. I actually, so th- this will tell you what I thought of the movie. This Jenny wasn't going to watch with me, and she saw this gag and actually laughed. <laughs> and then stayed to watch, and then left about 10 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was kind of... Go ahead. It drew us in, but yeah, it quickly goes. That was uh, that was Caitlin's experience too, where she was just a few minutes into it. She's like, "Well, I am not sitting for this." <laughs> and it's funny too, because we do uh, a Halloween, you know, movie marathon every other year. We do our own thirteen nights of Halloween movies, and uh, we had the scary movie movies on there just as titles to watch because there's thirteen movies every year. And I had to take that one off right away. I was like, she, she will not sit through any of these. That is for damn sure. Mm. Yeah, pretty good sight gag. Yeah, it's it's a lot of piss. It's like a League of Their Own stream of Tom Hanksian stream of piss. And one of the guys you hear off camera just go, she's good. I know, that was good too. <laughs> and that's when we get, she calls the, the priest. And the woman playing um, the, the mother as well, she looks quite a bit like um, Ellen Burstyn, I'd say. So I think they do a good job with the costume. I think they do a good job with the makeup but like they're doing a good job recreating uh the exorcist here especially with the shot where the taxi pulls up and it's silhouetted and the priest comes out and <laughs> we all like it's with the score too it's so dramatic and in this he bolts as the guy's like you owe me for the fair anyway <laughs> so and to gloss over just a little bit here he shows up he makes a dirty joke about coming late and tickling his asshole and uh, he takes a shit in the bathroom because he has to bless the house. Flies get everywhere. Uh, and then we get to the actual. Dumber-esque shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and flies get everywhere. And speaking, it reminds me of the Chris Elliott show on SNL when he gets Jeff Daniels on and he kept showing that clip from Dumb and Dumber uh, <laughs> where he's shitting <laughs> on the toilet. That was. If you have like. Um, Never mind. I was going to say, every good cast member gets like, there's like a Chris Farley show, there's a Chris Elliott, but that doesn't work. There's yeah, no. There's like, not many more. Yeah, that falls apart pretty hard. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, he, he um, the exorcist starts, the exorcism starts, and uh, there's a lot going on in this scene. Natasha Leone is in heavy makeup with the long tongue, like Gene Simmons licking at the, the priest. And uh, as Andy Richter is uh, splashing holy water, the place is freezing. You can see their their breath. Um, he's talking about, you know, typical Bible stuff. And then he sneaks in a survivor reference. And oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> more dating, the, immediately dating the show. Um, the girl starts licking at James Woods, though. And he starts, like, licking back, like, oh, you want some of this? And then before you know it, he's on top of her. And she's like, fuck me. And he's, like, humping her. And uh, that's fun. Yeah, that's about the point where Jenny was like, okay, I guess I'm out. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is going on? Right. Yeah, James was just dry humps her. She's supposed to be a kid. Like, Jesus Christ. The, the Wayans don't care. I um, mean, it's, it's the it's the typical priest shit. At least this time it's with a girl and not a little boy. And, mm-hmm. like, I guess we give it credit for that. I don't know. 
So uh, then we get some vomiting, like ex- like excessiveness. But we talked about this. Uh, we're going to talk about this with the Zucker movie, Scary Movie Three. There's um there's a line with excessiveness, and for this, it's the the right amount of. What'd you guys think of the vomiting bit? I liked it. Same thing as the same thing as the pissing. I actually was like, okay, funny, another funny sight gag, very Family Guy esque. I, I appreciated the angle of it being that it was almost defiantly vomiting on the other person, <laughs> right. like as opposed to like the chain reaction vomit that you yeah. would expect. Right. Yeah, they like, start no, pushing you. it out yeah. at each other. Which yeah. Is a good take on it. She goes, uh, "Your mom's in here. Was there something you'd like to say?" And you know, in the movie, the priest's mom is dead, and this she's in the blankets going down on the girl who's underage she got fucked by the priest he's getting she's wow uh and there's a then it just like it ends very abruptly it ends with james woods shooting her in the face (laughs) he points the gun at the camera and he goes like suck on this or something and then he shoots it and then we get scary movie two with smoke like cool so dramatic and we think is this going to be an exorcist parody movie because we, you know, Scary Movie One is like a paint by number, like scream by numbers. They yeah. take, they lift straight scenes and dialogue, and they just kind of like, how can we weigh this up a little bit, you know? So, in this one, they're going a little bit all over the place. So, yeah, what cut. an opportunity to segue mm-hmm. into this being the house, and that there's a poltergeist. You know, yeah. who keeps uh, taking over people, and that's yeah. why they're getting pulled here. But no right. connection at all. An exterior, maybe, of it looking crisp and pristine, and then cut to present day, and now it's all dilapidated. That's all we need, right? It's yeah. also more surprising that they don't cover more of those types, like a poltergeist or Amityville horror, like those types of, like... the clown from poltergeist. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's true. And then the tree also is a poltergeist thing. Okay, so. I guess I'm not the familiar enough with poltergeist specifically, <laughs> but, like... We yeah. get um, so we get the title and we get hit with some Sugar Ray. And the only reason I call this out is because didn't someone who listens say that we sound not like Mark McGrath but like Sugar Ray somewhere? <laughs> yeah, you sound like Sugar Ray. Someone, someone, no. Here was the line, like of your voice. Someone I said, I can't remember if they were referring to me or Dan, but they were like, one of those two guys sounds like Sugar Ray, and I am here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, uh, okay. Uh, pin that that mean? Oh, that's great. This I'll one, take it. This I hope she's a you, she's an avid man. listener. Um, <laughs> that needs to be like a a critic quote line in uh, your advertising. Yeah, that's our pull quote for the yeah, post. Yeah, your pull quote. <laughs> oh, I am here. That I used to say all the words that got in the way. All the things that I used to know have gone out the window. All right. That's just for you, listener. Just for that. Sorry, sorry to everybody else. Um, so here we are, Sugar Ray. It's great. We get a J- Thomas Jefferson statue, and he's got he's covered. He's got a bunch of little black kids, and he's got a black wife, and I think he has another black woman on his other shoulder. And they tilt down, and the little placard reads, uh, "Once you go black, you never go back." Thomas Jefferson. It's uh. Another great topical <laughs> thing that definitely lasted and didn't date itself. I guess if Keenan wrote and the ghost guy, like it's, I guess it's fine. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, I also I feel it's like a stupid joke though. It's not good. <laughs> well, the other thing, this is maybe me, play, you know, making this up, but I, I have a vague memory of like, at least me at the time, just learning that about Thomas Jefferson. So I don't know if it was like 
America had just kind of learned that in 2001 well, or if it was just I it. as a person learned that. But <laughs> I remember watching that, like seeing that and be like, oh, time. Like, I just learned that good thing. I'm I'm knowledge now. I get the joke. Right. I feel like a real erudite person. I'm yeah. on the Wayne's jokes. <laughs> Finally. Guys, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I get most of the Wayans jokes that you guys don't get. I get the They're New Yorker. Get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I get the Wayans's now. So Cindy, meet Cindy. She uh she gets some cool lessons from Shorty, Marlon Wayans. And yeah. uh Which in is, the last one. What was got, this? In yeah. this was that Julia Stiles movie that they're making fun of. That what was it? Save the Last Dance was that correct? <laughs> oh God! He, the last one he got shot and he took a hit of weed off of his own bullet hole because his lungs were so filled. We watched him basically die. He's back and he's teaching cool lessons and they're rocking back and forth on the bench. He's like, you got to get a little rhythm, Cindy. You're all stiff. You're too white, you know? So he starts, you know, teaching her a little bit of the urban lingo. He says, uh, yo, that jacket is tight, son. Nah, I mean. And uh, Cindy says it back, and it's it's like me repeating mystical. Mystical? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. So um, she ends up accidentally beating up some girl and taking her jacket, like practicing her steps that Shorty taught her. And uh, I guess she's just too into it to pay attention or care. But then she takes the jacket, like she intimidates that chick. She gives it away. So, I don't know. Um, we catch up with a character from the last one who was stabbed to death, Brenda, played by <laughs> Regina Hall. She goes on about being a psychic, as we're introduced to Tori Spelling's character. Now, throw that away, because Brenda does not go back to the psychic. I literally thing. was just gonna say she doesn't bring that up ever again. Oh. What a stupid setup. <laughs> and it's so yeah. weird. Weird to see Tori Spelling pop up it in is this. Weird. She's yeah, like fresh off, not fresh, not even fresh off of nine hundred two one zero. It's like several years later, and she's it, like, it, it feels like we're like, what? Like, why are you like casting her? And I read, and I don't know, like, I mean, knowing what we know now, it makes a lot of sense. But I, I heard it was a a Harvey call. It's like you gotta oh, put Tori oh. Spelling in it. And she's gonna show her titties in this movie. Like oh, that God. was part of the part of the agreement was that she was gonna do a topless scene apparently, and then she refused. And he's like, "God damn it, I'm gonna ruin your fucking career too." Oh, oh God. Jesus Christ! Oh, that gives me goosebumps hearing you do that. It's right. awful. It's good, there's, but it's awful. There's Dracula, there's the Wolfman, and there's <laughs> Weinstein. That's actually the voice that Dan was doing at the beginning when he introduced himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, Jer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. So now we meet slash catch up with some other characters. Uh, we've got newbie buddy, the good Masterson, question yeah. mark? I mean, questionable because I don't know. Like, I don't. He gives me a weird vibe, just the same way that the Denny kid in the last movie gave me. Like these, the way Keen and Ivory Wayans seems to cast white guys who give off weird vibes. <laughs> Denny is is well, I don't know. I don't want to throw Chris Masterson under the bus. But I just know Danny Masterson is garbage. So uh, allegedly, he so. has a garbage brother, <laughs> Jason Manzukis, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we got Ray, uh, Sean Wayans, who got a. A dick through the head in the last one, and he was the villain, and well, he survived that. Like he just kind of pieced out and like unceremoniously in the they first. All, yeah, him well, and Bobby in the last yeah. one. Like they both just like what the where they where they go. Anyway, don't matter. Bobby's not back. Fuck him. Guys, 
the same way Matthew Lillard is trying to play Stu again in the new Scream, I think we need Bobby back in a new scary movie. Uh, I hear it. I'm here for uh, it. <laughs> just <laughs> like Oh, man. So uh, we get uh, Buddy coming in, and we used to quote this to each other when we'd have sleepovers. You boners aren't ready yet? <laughs> I didn't know that was the origin of this. I was so oh, happy when I heard it. So you, you forgot that? That's I mean, that's the reason why I asked you to do this movie. I was like, this boner has to <laughs> oh, wow. do this movie. Just for boner. Boner. Deep cut. Um, so uh, some dude is the roommate. You've seen him in other things. He's always looks like he's perpetually stoned and amused. Uh, he's, he don't care. It doesn't matter but because he's just here for this bit. It's the dude wears my car bit. Apropos of nothing. No, no genre uh, that's related to this one. Also, not even a good take on this joke. Like this, it's, it's not good. Ray fucked me one tattoo says ray it's on ray the other one is fucked me on the other guy and they just say ray fucked me and he realizes that ray fucked him and that's it they move on and the character goes away (laughs) you never see him again remember how he said he wasn't gay in the last one at the very end he said i'm not gay well we're still making gay jokes in this one (sighs) i'm sure he would still justify that he's not gay even in that context in that dorm right there Mm. no man so then we're introduced to the villain. You forgot about the tuck, too. I mean, we, we, we oh, didn't mention this. He the, does the, a, a wonderful tuck. <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't get uh we don't get any dicks in this movie, but we do get a talk from Sean Wayans. You know how they always try to top the first one in the sequel? Well, in the first one he, he just rolled over his tank top to look feminine. In this one he's doing a full tuck to do his what do you guys think scene? Like his moment in the movie, you know? So uh, now we're introduced to one of the villains, I guess. Uh, he's pretty passive, though. He's just a horn dog. It's the great Tim Curry, and he has a another fucking. This is why I like Scary Movie Two a lot. It's it's fucking Curry, it's Cross, and it's uh, Chris Elliott. And to see those three in a movie is weird casting. You wouldn't. It's so, it, oh, it's so weird. But yeah, yeah, big, pretty big hitters in comedy. It's very yeah. strange. At the time, <laughs> they, especially. They all work like they are saving this movie as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And like it feels like they kind of know it, too. The When I snuck in to the scary movie two, the scary movie two uh, <laughs> at Bremen, that was what me and my buddy Tim remember the most is David Cross's performance after this movie. And we reference it and talk about it. We're kind of obsessed with the character. Dwight. It felt like he's doing like a Mr. Show bit. It like actually mm-hmm. works pretty well. And, I feel uh, like Tim Curry was a waste. Like they did not use him well enough. They just turned him into like the horny professor trying yeah. to like have sex with his students. It's kind but of a waste. It's kind of yeah, it, it is a, it's a little wasteful but at the same time it is kind of like a cameo role. Like it's it's built for that like yeah. and Tim Curry has uh, an attachment to I, I guess horror. I mean, you know, I you, you immediately think of Rocky Horror when I when you see Tim Curry. At least I still do. Like, you know. How about Pennywise though? The yeah, the OG. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I forget about that too. So yeah, like yeah. there's a connection, like a direct connection to his face being in this movie. Uh, you know, is meaningful in and of itself. I'm kind of with you, Rick. I think it's a waste of a Curry. But then I think at this point in his career, I think nobody wanted Curry. I think mm-hmm. he was doing like straight to video kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, even it was. Made for TV. Yeah, man. But who, like, 
get it. What would you say is Tim Curry's thing? Like, what is <laughs> what, like what were you what would you expect him to bring um, to the table? He's such a like he's to me he's like kind of like an Alan Cumming, like a faux Shakespearean. They really know how to ham it up in a really cool British way. Yeah, <laughs> like give him I, a I just think of I think of Clue, and I just think like yeah. that's him on his game. And yeah. here it felt very subdued and one note. He is yeah, excellent at Clue. Yeah. You know what else, too? Like, throw on Muppet Treasure Island just for him for a few minutes. Like, the movie is terrible, but you watch Billy Connolly at the beginning and watch Tim Curry for 10 minutes and you're good. That's enough of the movie, but it's a good performance. Billy Connolly! Hey! I'm hey! this! So, it's a cool, weird, awesome combo. We are introduced to them. And Tim Curry is basically, he's got his right-hand man, Dwight, who's in a wheelchair. Bad, long comb over. And he's a very proud uh, handicapped person. He's very proud of his disability. Sorry. He's a disabled person. I'm sorry. Uh, he's very and proud. Maybe, maybe this is projecting, but this feels like he brought this to the character. Like, it doesn't seem like... Maybe. Based on the way the rest of this and the first movie are written, it's kind of one note and like, I don't know, like it feels like, like Rick said, it feels like almost a Mr. Show bit that like, I don't know, it's maybe it's just because he does it so well that it just feels like I'm just going to do my thing in this movie and then like you keep, you do your movie around my thing. Yeah, Yeah, really. It doesn't seem like they're creative enough to write that like he's this overtly proud, doesn't want anyone to help him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. I would say, the only reason I would say that he added that, or it, I wouldn't say that he added that, is because they have that whole Mission Impossible 2 scene that they had to plan months ahead of time, I'm sure, to, you know, get the effects right and everything. So they must have been planning some variation with a wheelchair, but maybe he met halfway and threw in his own sauce, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I guess there is the bit going up the stairs, too. We do, I do, we do a lot of speculation on the show of like, what do you think was going through the performer's head, or like, what do you think the process was? Um, so they discuss uh, traumatized coeds are a easy to sleep with and b perfect for their hellhouse paranormal study that they're going to be doing. So great. So we're getting a haunting parody and a haunting on Hill House, haunted Hill House, 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 on, house on Haunted Hill. Haunted Hill. Yeah. 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 But the it, one, wasn't, I think there's also a haunting of Hill House. Like there's yeah. I think it's Hill a show and Hell on Netflix House. Too. That's the newer one, yeah. The the Mike uh, Flaherty one. I really want to see, and I think they're doing a follow up to it too. So they decide that the survivors of the uh, killings of the last movie, uh, I forget the name of the town, are are uh, the ones for the gig. They're perfect for this because they survived that and. Uh, I guess one of the murderers is okay to join this study as well. <laughs> yeah, it's his punishment. He didn't do jail time, so he's got to do this study. Uh, so the group's all called together in the auditorium. Uh, David Cross gets snippy about passing out instructions. Uh, they're to stay ho- at the house all weekend. That's their explicit instructions. They can't leave. And on, upon c- completion, they all get A's. And we're also introduced to some bimbo named Theo, played by yeah. Kathleen Robertson. Uh, gets no introductory scene. You know why. <laughs> well, I know why. <laughs> yeah, you know why. <laughs> I know Got why. another one. Movie right there. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. But, uh, Kathleen, if you, like, I'm sorry if anything happened to you. Uh, but, shit. Like, she gets no introductory scene at all. She just, they just kind of do a, a pan over, and you, we already saw all these characters in the last preceding minutes. 
but uh, not her. She's just kind of hanging out, and I guess she's she's perfect for the study because Tim Curry probably personally picked her, <laughs> just like Harvey Weinstein, you know. And also, like, just another character where it's like is pointless basically because it's like they don't do any twist with her it's basically they needed a third girl for the charlie's angels bit at the end and that's maybe why yeah that that i think of the leather pants i think of the strip the the scene where she gets the keys that becomes by the way useless because the doors get locked (laughs) like immediately but that part is like they needed that i guess but Buddy tries to uh, ask Cindy out right after this meeting, this preliminary meeting. Uh, but she just got out of a traumatic relationship with a murderer, and uh, th- she just wants to be friends. So he takes that very literally. Uh, he starts – he gives her a wedgie, I think. Yep. He goes, smell you later. And this is <laughs> this is a good bit that, like – I like that this is a running gag throughout the whole thing that he just accepts the friend zone and like really is just like, no, here's what like, here's how you get revenge guys on the friend zone thing. You just treat them like another dude and they're not going to like that. But maybe don't punch her in the tit, you know, like maybe don't don't, do that to a girl. I don't think he's too dumb for it to be a game. Like I, I think he literally is like, oh, we're gonna be friends. This is how I treat right. my friends. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying the writer's perspective is like, oh, here, sure, let's yeah. make, let's make this gag. But this is what you do, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, on the way to Hell House, Cindy gets yelled at by the radio slash Vitamin C. She's doing the graduation song. You know that one. And uh, she says, "Shut the fuck up and let me sing." So, this is one of my favorite bits of the maybe the whole series is the testicle door knocker. <laughs> front door of all three movies yep all five actually oh right holy shit (laughs) yeah we're doing it all month and thankfully Uh, there's five thursdays in october um so she knocks on the door it's brass balls much like glenn gary and you hear like oh like like it's the house is like hurt it's nuts i guess (laughs) so she shows up and she meets the parrot um the cute green parrot who has some great color commentary. And we got uh, Chris Elliott uh, named Hanson. And you'll know why pretty soon. <laughs> Oldman is uh, the professor. Hanson is the Ian Butler. <laughs> they He's really the thought it. Here's the thing. Like, you'd think, like, someone, maybe, like, just one guy wrote this in two days. It took, like, seven people to write this movie. <laughs> like, seven or six, I think. But uh, he gives her a tour while grossing her out. She drops her bag, puts his, her toothbrush in his mouth <laughs> to hold it. And he's just being a sicko. He's got nasty hair. He's got, like, a bad, like, boil next to his, like, nose and... uh just a nasty hand, like this little gross little hook hand that's deformed and moves kind of like independently, like the pinky, like looks like it's doing its own thing. It's clearly got like a puppet operator <laughs> sitting off camera. <laughs> I'm Chris Elliott's pinky uh, in Scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah this I did is... Eyes on Yoda and I did Chris Elliott's pinky. Yeah. <laughs> You get two minutes into his performance, though, and it, like it immediately made me feel bad about all the times that we made fun of him, like throughout the whole decade pre, pre- preceding this. You movie. want to apologize to Chris Elliott, Jer? No, I, I, I take this forum to do retroactively. It. No, I don't need to because he he doesn't need my apology. He's doing just fine. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I we used to just be like, oh, it's the like 
He's a guy who who didn't get any like get anything to do on SNL, and he does the Tostitos commercials. Like that's who he was <laughs> for a long boy. time. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's in Cabin Boy and all that shit. But like, yeah, you watch this and you're like, oh wait, no, he's genuinely hilarious in this. He's, he's become like one of those guys. He's reached like Rick Moranis status, where people are like. Don't you ever diss Chris Sally. Don't you ever diss Rick Moranis or we'll fight. Like, it's like that. I don't know. I think think Shit's Creek really, like, solidified that for his uh, career. Yeah. But Watch Bajer has been, apparently. It's great. I love it. Caitlin and I just just started because uh, uh, we were waiting for it to end to start it. (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, we were going for continuity for this, some kind of continuity for this scary movie month. And my my cut is just, it's healing a little bit more. So hopefully next week... On Scary Movie Three, it'll be fully healed. Okay. So that's our that's our connective tissue between every <laughs> literally. <episode>. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, so, so the parrot, yes, and the caretaker. Mm-hmm. And he tells Cindy about Master Kane, and that's kind of like the ghost who haunts this whole place. Um, he had a wife and a mistress. Apparently, he was a bit of a hornball. And uh, Cindy looks just like the mistress, apparently. There's a painting on the wall, and uh, you look at it, and it's, it is straight up Anna Faris, uh, except differences that they're going to list. <laughs> Repeatedly. Uh, a clown toy smacks her on the ass. Uh-oh. And it shifts its eyes as they walk by. I wonder if he's going to come back. Uh, we get a Monica Lewinsky cum dress joke because uh, apparently the Canes entertained all sorts of people. Oh, the mistress did, like the president of the United States. And it's like, how old is this house? <laughs> how old is he? Did he just die? <laughs> like yesterday? Um, so the black cat is introduced also. We're getting all sorts of these ingredients. We got a parrot. We got a clown doll. We've got a cum dress. We've got a black <laughs> cat named Mr. Kittles who shows up. But I, I, you bet your sweet dupa he's going to come back again. So Dwight assures Tim Curry that everything's all set up. They're kind of they're, – they're not transparent with the kids. They're devious in their intentions. And Dwight less so. Tim Curry – you, f- you think he's going to be like the main villain of the movie, but he, you know, spoilers, kind of pieces out a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwight assures Tim Curry everything's all set up. In walks Hanson. So we get these three guys, these three titans being directed by <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayans <laughs> to tell them the first guests are arriving and dinner's coming, thus beginning a very tense exchange between Hanson and Dwight for some reason. Uh, they don't like each other, and they both diss each other's handicaps. That's their bits. And to be fair, like David Cross kind of instigates it for no reason, yeah. if I remember correctly. Like, you know, they Chris Elliott is just holding his own against David Cross being a dick for no reason. Yeah. Straight up. So Dwight, at the end of all that, and, you know, Hanson leaves, Dwight says he's going to, I'm going to run upstairs and jump into my jogging suit. Like, that's a lot. That's three things right there. <laughs> <laughs> um so when he comes down, he meets that hilarious parrot. Uh, first, it disses him. Then Shorty shows up, and it disses him. And he's about to have it out with that parrot. But, uh, you know, he gets pulled away, and it's hilarious. So at dinner, it's truly gross as Hansen personally prepares the food. Or he did prepare the food by hand, and he fucks a turkey in front of everybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> that scene is like five minutes long. They just let Chris Elliott do whatever, and they're like, yeah, we're keeping all of that. They're just like, look, if Nutty Professor can have a long-ass fart scene at the dinner table, we can have Chris Elliott just go fuck off a and turkey. fuck oh, a turkey God. and, and, and the movie's perform cunnilingus on it. <laughs> so... There's a casual line Cindy asks. I like this. I love like casual throwaway expositional lines in these kinds of comedies because even if they're like supposed to be sincere, I often laugh at them. And here's what I'm saying. They walk into the – we establish the kitchen and Cindy says, is it true the mistress haunts this house at night? And uh, Tim Curry just says, yes, but it's never been truly substantiated. And they just focus their attention. I'm like, dinner's ready. It's just like a throwaway little exchange. I love those for some reason. So now we get, I think, somewhere around here, I th- I lost track a little bit, but I think this is where we get the basketball ad. Like, a, it's Nike yep. or yeah. something. It's the first, and, like, ghostly thing that actually happens in the house. Yeah. The basketball coming down the stairs. I guess it's it's a shining reference with the ball. And I would I would have loved to see more shining parody, if, if I'm being honest. Yeah, That's seriously. Cool. Uh, and then it turns and it devolves into a bit that no one is going to get unless you look it up. That's uh, so Jenny, I think was walked through at this moment. And again, I'm like, do you even get this? She's like, no, I'm like, yeah, it was a very like niche joke from this era. Like it was a basketball commercial. No one will ever get this again. Yeah. I, think, I don't remember if I said it in the last one or if I say it in scary movie three, but like these movies were almost made to not be rewatched because that's, like that's what i said to her this was made to never be watched again <laughs> no it's like it's 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 meant to be completely disposable like you watch it and you're like i'm done with scary movie 2 we'll wait for the third one and not think about this one ever again because <laughs> if you show this to a, like a teenager nowadays like half the movie would be like what i don't get this joke you yeah. are the weakest link yeah oh Goodbye. my god well, guys, that's coming back. So thank God, oh, they, God. they're bringing that back so that they that joke will at least live on. That's yeah, what they're right. Maybe yeah. they'll reboot that commercial then. Yeah. <laughs> One could only hope, right, guys? They'll, they'll turn that into a full movie like they did with Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, LeBron will be in it. Gosh. Uh, I like the, the look of those New Jerseys, though. Do you see those? No. They look kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. The new Toon Squad jerseys? Like <laughs> Rick's googling. Oh, sure. yeah. uh, Cindy's called by a ghostly voice to investigate the fucking music room. I love it. Like first, it's like Cindy. And she's like, "Where should I check? What do you What do you want from me? Check the fucking music room." <laughs> so she goes in, and then Buddy enters. He throws a football at Cindy's face, and she says, "He needs to be gentler with her. You know, they're gonna be friends. It's fine, but she's a woman, so." They practice talking while they check uh, out the music room. They see a chest and take it. And the painting on the wall looks just like Cindy, except, and this is where we establish Buddy lists the shallow differences and really, like, mean about it, too. Like, um, says, you know, well, not as got, many. Yeah, she's just, yeah, it's got a lot of split ends. She's yeah. got that scrunchy face that apparently looks like she's got Down syndrome sometimes, which doesn't – that's the the thing that holds up the least of this whole thing. And then he talks about how her, uh, her, her breasts are far too far apart. Far apart. Yeah, they're spaced. Um, Rick, what did you think of the Toon Squad jerseys? <laughs> uh, uh, actually, pretty cool. <laughs> Jer, did you see these things? Yeah. A, a lot, lot of I'm, color. It's interesting. I'm – 
I'm here for the movie. I I appreciate the Looney Tunes, but uh, I I wasn't asking for it, you know. So yeah, I I wasn't either. Um, why, why did I always think it was T O O N? And even in the original, isn't it? No. What it's is T-U-N-E. it? That's new. That's new. No, I yeah. looked up the what? old ones. R T U N E. Mandela effect happening live know, on the, the podcast. Hell? Guys, right now, I think we just we just established a new one because, like, I'm totally with you there. I thought that was I'm like a 99.9 percent sure it was T O O N. Was it? Yeah, I don't understand why that's the case. Is it Looney Tunes? Well, Looney Tunes technically. Oh, you're right because they originally songs. They were all like. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Do you guys do you guys know like how? Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies really started was literally just because Warner Brothers had a catalog of classic music and they're like, what are we going to do with this? We need to do so. Just give it to like, and they threw it in, like make cartoons around the music. It was basically to showcase the music <laughs> and then the cartoons like, took off. Wow. That blew my oh. mind. Um, wow. We were just talking about me and Katie were talking about classic bugs like, and Daffy and how fucking crazy they looked back then <laughs> yeah. with their crazy eyes. Um, so they go investigate. There's differences between her and the painting, the mistress. Moving on, Tori Spelling's unhygienic character apparently gets raped by the ghost of Master Kane, and it becomes consensual pretty soon uh, into it. Uh, I do like that they turn it, at least, that yeah. she is, like, like he, he no longer is in... I mean, I guess it's still fucked up, but she yeah, uh, ends up him a little Pepe Le Pew style. Right. Speaking of Looney Tunes, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's. Um, so she's into it after a few seconds, though, uh, after she mentions marriage. And then, like, since he's a ghost, you just see a floating cigarette in the bed and, like, an indentation. And she mentions marriage, and you just see that immediately shift and that cigarette leave frame, and he's out of there. So um, moving on, in Ray and Brenda's room, we get kind of a, a callback to just kind of like a little exchange they had in the last one where they just kind of have a moment uh, together. Yeah, a thematic callback to the previous yeah. movie in another scene that bear like it does nothing for the plot. Like it doesn't mean anything. This whole but, scene just yeah, like I'm in the pretty, last one. Just like the ball knocker though, like this is one of my favorite jokes in like the whole series is her dirty talk. <laughs> oh, this actually this was my only legit like el- laugh out loud moment was the dirty talk scene. What did you say? I'm gonna piss on your face. I'm gonna fart like, your mouth. I'm gonna fart in your mouth. I'm gonna shit all over these walls, <laughs> right? Uh, dirty. Uh, so moving on, Cindy gets into a fist fight with the cat, Mr. Kittles, in this scene. And uh, younger kids are going to laugh harder at this. Me, I was just like, <laughs> you know. For all those kids who are getting the Raging Bull references that are in this <laughs> moment, too, you know. It's all about the spit slow motion. It's like, you know, it's probably referencing something, but it's just like, it's just a boxing thing, you know. Yeah. Um, she tries to tell Tim Curry and Theo what's going on in the kitchen but his mind's too focused on girl on girl action oh, boy, yo, yo, yo. and he's uh she leaves she goes i'm not crazy ah! <laughs> and she like flails her arms as she runs out and uh as we said in the last one it's those things that anna ferris does really well it's yeah. like you know that over the top yeah. uh, physical comedy there and um ray this is the scene where we get the poltergeist parody one of them 
Ray rapes the clown doll after it first tries to terrorize him under the bed, and we get a giant fake dick just wrap around the clown's yeah, neck. Yeah, you were wrong. We do get a dick. I do. I, 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 yeah. Ray's giant dick. And it made me laugh <laughs> seeing that thing just it's pop like, in the It's like... <laughs> Giant dicks. It's like in basketball, man. Like any right. dick that's longer <laughs> than a man that inhumanly possibly... long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh. So, shit. What a weird joke <laughs> in basketball too. <laughs> yeah, and it's a Zucker, but it's not a Wayans. It's weird. Yeah. So Cindy reads a diary. That's probably why they hired Zucker for Scary Movie Three. They're like, well, they got the giant dick connection he saw that and he was like oh i gotta get in on this <laughs> these guys get my humor so cindy reads a diary that she grabs from the chest uh i should mention that when they're in the music room she said grab the chest to bobby he grabbed her tit and then they grabbed a real chest and then she took it back to her room now she's looking through it and uh, it's his wife's uh, chest and it's her diary I'm sorry it says uh, he's becoming a monster I suspect he's having an affair and that's when we get the what lies beneath parody or should I say the what lies beneath trailer parody <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Wayans <laughs> only watched the trailer they said they couldn't uh, be bothered with what lies beneath. They're like, that's all we need. That's the only thing anyone remembers about what <laughs> lies beneath. It's the iconic thing. What happens just here? Just do it. Um, Anna Ferris comes into the kitchen. You don't know what's going on, really. It just kind of, like, dissolves after reading the diary. And she's in a red dress suddenly, and she's standing in the doorway, and Tim Curry's there having a drink. And he's like, uh-huh. And she pins him onto, like, the counter. Rips open his shirt, sees his giant nipples. <laughs> a la Jer. Yeah. <laughs> He's got long, Jer's got I don't long. know if we've, yeah. ever, we've ever told people on this show that uh, I have extremely long nipples that I, I, I often have to tape to like my rib cage yeah, uh, because they're just so long. That's why I would swim with a shirt on in high school. Yeah, because it's solely because of my nipples. And people are like, Jared, kind of looks like like your shirt is sticking out. Like, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Whenever he gets cold, it looks like he's smuggling chopsticks under yeah. two chopsticks under his shirt. Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, I'm like, damn it, the tape came off. I gotta remember to get everybody turn away. Look away. <laughs> so she gets pushed off. Okay. She comes into the doorway. She seduces giant nipples, Tim Curry. And she says, I think she's starting to suspect something. And she's in the shadow. She comes through and he goes, who? She goes, your wife. And it's Ray, <laughs> Sean Wayans, in a wig and a red dress. Same one as her. He, he goes, oh, and pushes Cindy off. She hits the deck. And we see that not only is she there and like in the red dress and it's reality, she just kind of got possessed for a minute and put on a red dress to seduce him. And I guess she must have thought it was Kane or something reenacting. It does, it's sloppy. But then we find out that Sean Wayans is also in there. And he just also happens to be wearing a red dress and a wig. And uh, it's the joke that they swapped places. That's yeah. when the song's <laughs> it's a weird, weird joke. Uh, but because uh, they didn't watch What Lies Beneath, they don't understand how it works in the context of the movie, so they're just like, eh, it doesn't matter. Well, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> Harrison Ford has giant nipples. <laughs> um, they belong so in a museum. <laughs> a nipple museum. <laughs> so shorty. Can you imagine, guys? 
a nipple museum. I think there's a penis museum, so I, there probably is a nipple really? museum. That's Where crazy. Tickets are five hundred dollars. <laughs> tickets are a thousand dollars. It's Sean Wayans' giant dick in this at the penis museum. <laughs> it's like from the movie. This is right. the actual prosthetic. <laughs> yeah. So Shorty gets uh, smoked like a joint, and another Poltergeist parody. The tree attacks him basically comes through, rolls him up in his bed sheet, and he's got a since he's got a giant afro, it looks like like I guess like a, a black end of a uh a spliff. It looks like the ash, yeah, I guess. And it lights his hair and it, with lightning, it's a cool effect that it starts smoking him and Shorty <laughs> is at first screaming, but then he's like, I'm getting high as a motherfucker. <laughs> Keep going. And the the tree coughs. He's like, you take it like a bitch. And then everybody walks in and they Bobby Buddy gives uh, it Funyuns and Cheetos to let go of Shorty, so it does. And uh, it's crazy. So they're experiencing a poltergeist. It's official. Next morning, the gang agrees over breakfast in the kitchen. They're not eating. Uh, <laughs> that there's something <laughs> weird going on. Cindy shows them the photo of Kane's mistress, and we get the same differences gag again. Pretty much word for word, just different people. And uh, as Buddy's heading downstairs to you know catch up with the gang he sees tim curry go to the basement so he's like what's going on so he goes down there to follow him and he sees dwight objecting to this entire poltergeist study so he's having uh, a conscience crisis and curry says there's uh there's there's no they're no <laughs> no they're making breakthroughs and uh he's this close to getting laid <laughs> So he gives Which is Dwight. objectively not true. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, no. It's those but nips. I like that. I like that he's so ignorant that he thinks that he's, yeah, like, he's like, this close. That actually would have, if they leaned into that more, that would have been good. If he had an inflated ego about himself, like more. Yeah. But um, so he gives. Here's something weird though. He gives Dwight the guy who's objecting to this the only key of the place and tells him that no one gets out. So why would you? Give it to the voice of dissent. Uh, so Buddy relays that info to the group. He like he overhears it, goes back to them and says, I just overheard Tim Curry tell Dwight that, you know, we're all locked in. And then uh, it's a poltergeist. And uh, so Buddy, uh, it results in a very gr- pointless, gratuitously sexy scene with the uh, where she goes to get the keys from Dwight downstairs. Puts on the radio, you know, dances a little bit, makes, you know, he grabs her boobs, and uh, he's too proud to let her blow him. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I could do it myself, lady. <laughs> and he buries his head in his crotch, and like you see the legs just come up. He's like in half, and uh, he's blowing himself. He's like, I'm tossing my own salad. She hits him in the head with a phone, and he gets knocked out. She just takes the keys. And then this is where all continuity falls apart because in the very next shot, the two of them like enter frame, like <laughs> like, like everybody, it's like where everybody convenes in the, like the in the one group shot there, but he's like there as if nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is where the movie becomes sort of like a different movie. It the the whole gang retreats in what looks like an entirely new set, like underground. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the hell happens like this whole third act is like so disjointed that I, I feel like it definitely has stuff missing. I, like I would assume stuff got cut out because like I don't want to believe that Keenan Ivory Wayans is that incompetent of a filmmaker <laughs> that he just didn't have anything, any connective tissue. 
I understand as you you because you pointed it out that uh, they were had a time crunch which led to a quality crunch yes. with this movie. You know, and when it, you don't have the quality, when 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 it's there's a standard that's not meeting the Wayans's level of quality, that's uh, that really says something. So, yeah. she, uh, um, where are we here? I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, after Dwight does that, uh, they they end up in a, like what looks like another set, and uh, it's a lot like the second half of a lot of uh, Resident Evil games. If you guys played that. Like any of those, first it takes place in like a giant set, like a house, or so, and then you end up in like this intricate basement that's the second half of the whole game, and that's how it feels like in this. Well, because um, is it a reference to anything else? Like doing this, like the goggles and the guns and hunting yeah, a ghost like this. This is the house on Haunted Hill, if I'm not mistaken. There were some at least visual, like they had tools in that oh. one. I believe. <laughs> Yeah, that movie's dumb. <laughs> that one has Chris Kattan in it, and uh, oh wow, Bomka Jansen, Jeffrey Rush. It's that's a weird cast, also. Um, so we get guns, goggles, and Dixie cups, and the white characters split up from the black ones uh, after being called out on always splitting up by uh, Brenda, and uh, the black characters realize that they're gonna die. That's the the joke because they're left alone, and. Uh, but in the next scene, they split up, like the three of them, and uh, Shorty's immediately gone. Like Ray leaves Brenda to go find him. All so <laughs> yeah, again, up. like continuity. Like what? What happened? You were just together. What happened? I'm worried about this very thing. Um, Cindy and Buddy find a furnace which holds the ashy remains of the 2000 election Florida ballots guy. And Remember that, kids? I miss those fucking days. Oh. <laughs> that tells you something. <laughs> and a skeleton. And the skeleton comes to life. And it chases them. And Buddy ditches her. And Because uh, he, he's a jerk. And they're just he's a friends. masterson and he shouldn't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. is he? I don't know if he's a Scientologist, but Danny is, certainly. Um, Cindy catches up with Brenda. Even though Brenda tries not to be seen by her. So she peeks around the court. It's like, oh shit, she saw me. But when she sees it, it's just a skeleton. She has fun with it. She's like, Cindy, this is just bones. Which is <laughs> another good gag. <laughs> takes its head off and like it gets pissed. She like rearranges the skeleton and it is I like she's right. He doesn't even have a, a sword. He has no threatening anything. <laughs> no. Just uh, it's it, it's good. She's so good. Like, I again, we said this in the last one, but like, we did not. I never appreciated her as an act, like a performer in these movies, and yeah, yeah she's yeah, really good. Gina in Hall is very funny. She sells these movies just like Anna Ferris can play that character. She plays this character mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. And uh, Cindy catches back up with Buddy. He conveniently shows back up. Kane's spirit gives Buddy a wedgie. Brenda flees. Cindy shoots him, and he flees. Buddy's bleeding. Like you got a cut in the head, so they have to go uh, get to the lab because there's a person <laughs> get there. And now we get Tori Spelling's death. Um, Kane tries to escape her, throws shit at her, but she's relentless, so he squashes her with a chandelier, and uh, that's it. This is like a death that sticks. Um, <laughs> Cindy and Buddy take this time as a, an opportunity to enact their wildest fantasies, I guess, while they're in the lab. And uh, Buddy thinks it's for banging, and Cindy thinks it's walking on the moon. She's like pretends she's on the moon, and that's weird. 
his wildest fantasy apparently was getting a blowjob. <laughs> That's his wants. wildest fantasy. Not even a blowjob. He just wants an HJ. <laughs> so, um... That's uh, Kane shows up again. Uh-oh. He launches Buddy and Cindy into the freezer, and she tries using the Dixie cups to get some help, but nothing. And then that's when Shorty, around this time, he's doing his own thing, and he's in the closet hiding. Cindy tries to, like, take cover in there. He kicks her out. But that's before, and, like, we're kind of cutting back and forth. Here is where, like, the chick who, um, I'm sorry, we didn't, uh, Tim Curry dies. Like right around the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. By the way, Tim Curry dies uh, somewhere around when the Poltergeist first hits, and we change sets. Dwight has another moment of pride on the stairs with Theo. It's drawn out. He's climbing the stairs. Which is honestly, like, I don't mean this like hyperbolically. I, I think that this whole bit is a great, like, one of the great bits of physical comedy on film. Like the way that he just slides down the stairs and is like pulling his like wheelchair up behind him with just that anger of just cover me. Like, I love it. Uh, so, uh, now we get a, a jerk off Titanic parody scene, um, uh, punctuated by the Wayans brothers, trademark giant cum shot. And, uh, that's what we want. In they, the freezer. Is that in the first movie too? Yeah. There's, there is a giant cum shot in one. There's certainly. a giant cum geyser in the first one. and then <laughs> Okay, this is see, that's the one I thought I remembered. And then I saw this one, I was like, oh, maybe this is the one I thought. No, it's yeah, it's the, grosser the, in one. It's more, uh, it's more oh, right. explicit it's in the ceiling. first one. Good Lord. Because, like, Danny, Danny from Meet the Parents, like, his whole body shrinks. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> Jesus so now we get a showdown between Dwight and Kane, and it turns into a Mission Impossible 2 parody with doves and chicken fights with motorized vehicles, and Dwight gets launched out the window at the end, and he's offered a hand by Hanson, but refuses and falls. Yeah, Hanson, who, by the way, like, where the fuck has he been the whole time? Like, all of a sudden just pops out, and we're like, oh yeah, him. And he falls, and uh, Dwight gets possessed. I'm sorry, not Dwight. Uh, Hanson gets possessed by the evil spirits. He says, not me. I best served you well. Ah! And he gets uh, possessed. Because it's, it's, we just need that to happen. Yeah, for the next parody. <laughs> yeah, he's the Crispin Glover of the Charlie's Angels. We need him. <laughs> so meanwhile, Cindy's going to get her and Buddy out of there. She MacGyver's a caterpillar like bulldozer. Like, out of uh, common laboratory items. Yeah. And the way she starts it is classic. She uses the paddles, like, just to, like, put, presses it against metal, and suddenly it, like, it just starts <laughs> up. <laughs> and she breaks the door, and uh, that's when she catches up with Ray, tells him to help Buddy in the lab. So now it's Ray and Buddy in the lab. Eventually, Dwight's going to, hey, guys, spoilers, Dwight didn't die. When he fell out that window, he's going to catch up with them in there. Another, I'm like, come on, like, commit to, <laughs> I guess they only killed off, uh, what's his face? The professor. The, and Tori Spelling, too. Oh, Anti-MCU. Yeah. Show her titties! <laughs> or no, it is the Show MCU. Show the bitch off! Uh, nobody dies there, right? Oh, yeah. But I am looking forward to the new Suicide Squad, because like, I think they're, they're just going to straight up murder half the cast. Like in, <laughs> I hear like in the first 20 minutes. Really? But, yeah, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> um, so she catches up with Ray, yada, yada. She goes into the kitchen to see a Hannibal parody in progress. Uh, 
we also get a in this we also get a Beetlejuice cameo. And if you don't know Howard Stern circa 2000, you're never going to know who this weird guy is. Uh, the, the the gag is if he's this is pretty gnarly. I I want to retroactively just really quickly give props to the movie Hannibal. It gets a lot of shit, but that bit with the head where he feeds his own brain to the guy. Yeah. Even gnarly. I, even I remember that, and I yeah. don't remember anything about the rest of anything about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's genius. So, but inside Shorty's head, it's Beetlejuice. Uh, so there's this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> you know, uh, Hanson runs off as the others enter the kitchen to see what happened, and this they give chase, and this is when we get the Charlie's Angels parody. Uh, and the set looks, you know, very much like Charlie's Angels. The costumes are spot on, you know, the music, all that, the editing, the feel. Um, they cram other stuff in it, like a Twister parody, like a Crouching Tiger, <laughs> no Hidden reason. Dragon thing. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this sequence here. Uh, but you know what always makes me laugh is when she's doing her moves and she does the mad cow. Moo, <laughs> moo, <Mold>. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I did also like the slow mo, and then uh, the uh, bat. And Hanson literally can just take his time, grab a bat. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was good. I want to go back just one second yeah. to ask you guys this: uh, When we see Kane earlier, mm-hmm. watching it now, did you did you guys at all think that he looked like Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows just a little <laughs> bit? <laughs> I could see that. He a reminds little, me of but somebody. Isn't he, isn't he the guy from uh, Night Court? I don't know what the fuck he's from, to be honest with you. I just like when he's like in the in the uh, Mission Impossible sequence. I was just imagining Laszlo doing this, but Jackie Daytona. Yeah, I think it's Bull from Night Court. He was like uh, the uh, the guard, the bald guard from that show. <laughs> he uh, he reminds me of Joe Don Baker a lot. Uh, if you know, know who Jack is. Wade from Goldeneye, he's the American who helps Pierce Brosnan oh. out. Oh damn, uh, Jimbo. He's uh, Bruce Campbell's dad. So, <laughs> so meanwhile, Bruce Campbell, baby. Um, okay, Ray and Buddy catch up with Dwight. He enters the lab. They regroup. Meanwhile, Hanson's starting to wig out a little. Like The fight kind of devolved into some other things, like a Twister parody. But then like Hanson starts just like having a seizure with like light pouring out of his like eyes and... Uh, they know something's going to happen, so they all flee upstairs. And upstairs, the group has a platform constructed, which is convenient. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Don't matter. <laughs> it's going to eliminate Kane. It really doesn't at this point. Um, they're going to eliminate Kane's spirit. All he has to do is step up on the platform, so he has to be lured up there. Cindy does it uh, after Kane's ghost falls down the stairs. He, he makes a big dramatic entrance through the window, like, cra- like glass everywhere, and then he falls. Ha! <laughs> And uh, he runs up onto the platform. Cindy's on there. They're like, get off the platform. You're going to die. And eventually, um, uh, what is it? The gag is Ray has to speed up because he's running in slow motion. And Theo's like, why is he running so slow? And then it's like the $6 million man, I think, that sound. And he like speeds it up. And he takes her. And then they throw the switch. Kane dies. And uh, all is saved, you know. It's the end. Two months we already later. did a slow motion gag literally two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we cut this one. You know, I mean, this is this is how Ray gets his redemption for the first movie, though. 
is by saving her despite being a murderer in the first movie. (laughs) Yep. It's just very subtle. It's redemption. (laughs) Two months later, Cindy has the parrot from the the house. Because earlier when people started dying, he said, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. And she, I guess that melted her heart. So she took the parrot to her dorm. It wants to die, though. It said, why didn't you just leave me there to die? It wants to hang itself. The bird is doing what all birds do. They hang from their perch sometimes by their beak. But the Wayans see that as like a bird hanging itself. So they take that as an opportunity to write that as a dialogue. And uh, it shits all over the wall. One like it, more quick spraying yeah. of bodily fluids. We, yeah, we, we definitely needed that in this movie. <laughs> and now Cindy's dating buddy, but also treats him like a buddy. So... And when they go to get a hot dog, he's like, oh, watch out for that beach. He's like, buddy, no one's ever cared for me like you before. <laughs> <laughs> they go to get the hot dog. And the vendor is handsome. Uh-oh. He says, I'm back, Cindy. I'm paying, I came back for you. And she goes, no. And buddy, I think, is long gone already. Like, he just pieces out, like, but off they don't screen. show him running off. Yeah. He's just so like. So you're led to believe, like. Is this like a dream she's having or? That's a, a cut and that's a wrap on Mr. Masterson, everybody. <laughs> Let's give him applause. Shit, we didn't get covered to him running away. Fuck it. <laughs> so she does the classic that, that scary movie like that's become a staple, I guess, of all of them is where it ends with uh, someone getting hit by a car. In the first uh, two, it's Cindy. No, it's, I'm sorry, they fake us out in this one. She's screaming up into the heavens, no. And Hanson joins in and goes, yes! And uh, he gets hit by by a car that's speeding Mm -hmm. by. And it's a callback to the first movie, uh, the cold opening of the first movie, the end of it, when the dad of Carmen Electra is getting blown by the mom and hits her with the car as she's trying to call for help. And uh, he's getting blown by the bag head demon ghost lady and uh that's it yeah like i hope you guys had fun (laughs) because now we're gonna see nelly's uh if you want to go and take a ride with me with like stills of them having a great time yeah shooting it's it's as if they knew they were we're not gonna do another scary movie because i like when like they kind of do this like look behind the scenes for this credits because like we're wrapping it's like lethal weapon four where you're just like we're done we are done friends look at how much fun we had over the course of four movies it really, it is the credits that really feel like they, they've just, well, we've done everything we can. Here's a victory lap, you know. It was every joke we could have told. <laughs> I hope you enjoy these movies for the every year for the next ten years. They may not be scary movies, but you'll get epic movie, disaster movie, meet the Spartans, love date movie. Yeah. Oh, and they never end. Jarrah's a great point where i'm like how come what 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 happens with the waynes are they ever going to reboot scary movie and and jerry said well what about that haunted house movie that marlon wayans did that tanked yeah Um, and then he did 50 shades of black so he's still trying every now and the but keenan i think is pieced out i think he's resting on his laurels you know (laughs) i would yeah i don't know what uh what keenan is up to specifically but uh you know Put something together, Keenan. That's all I'm saying. Like, I know you tried to reboot In Living Color like ten years ago. That didn't work. But with Jim Carrey, no, it's like a whole new cast. <laughs> That'll be twenty million an episode, please. And I'm not even here, by the way. 
Yeah. I'm not even here. And here's a painting of you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very hard to tell the size of, by the way. Like, you can't tell if it's an 8 by 10 or if it's like a... Do you think it's a stamp? <laughs> he just does know. little <laughs> tiny... Yeah, he just does little <laughs> tiny, like... Fuck little you, tiny. Mitch McConnell. Here's a tiny 2 by 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way to show us, Jim. And yeah, that's Scary Movie 2 from 2001. Continuing with our Scary Movie Marathon, we go into the Zucker t- category next uh, next week. And uh, uh, yeah, so far of Scary Movie 1 and 2, I do have some nostalgia for Scary Movie 2 just because of how much we did enjoy it when we were in the year 2001. But yeah, Scary Movie, the first one, is definitely the better made of the two movies. My nostalgia went right out the window a good 10 minutes into this. All the love that Jake used to have. (laughs) I keep rewatching movies from this era and realizing how disappointed I am in like the sexism and like just some of the terrible writing. It's disappointing to, uh, to be sure. All right. Does the next one get better? Uh, well, here's here's what I'll say. I think that the next one actually is the best of the first three. What I remember is like they they get better with the tropes and like parodying and. But yeah, so like for my money, like without getting too much into it, yeah, three is better than two. Though I have more fondness for two because of the nostalgia factor. So for you, it. you personally like two better, but objectively, three is a better movie. Yes. Okay. I think I think three is objectively a a better made movie because you got David Zucker behind it who you know like say what you want about the gags it's just it's a much more cohesive movie like we said we yeah. didn't even know what the hell was going on for the second half of this movie it's all yeah. over the place I'll agree with that but I would say it's got like a science parody right and it's also a ring parody and oh, it's yeah. also an eight mile parody I remember like oh, right. I remember liking that one a lot uh, back in the day so I uh, will then give it a chance and watch it again. Two is my fave. Uh, spoilers. Uh, and that doesn't say much, but it is my favorite. And I think at the end, even though I already said it's my favorite, we should maybe rank them. I'm down. Yeah, do yeah. That. I'll rank them. I'll rank them at the end for sure. Cool. All right. Um, but yeah, that is it for us this week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And we will be back next week for Scary Movie 3. And until then, I am Jeremy Eden. I'm... Dan, I'm Harvey Weinstein. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, God, no. And I'm Rick Schuler. There we go. <laughs> That's a wrap. I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right?